sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. I was uh, talking with Michael yesterday about last time I was here, and uh, I believe it was something like 17 or 18 years ago, and I hardly remember it. Um, I think my parents were here a couple years ago, but... Uh, I, at that time, I'm sure I didn't realize that I'd be standing up here next time I came here. Um, and uh, when Michael asked me to share, I was thinking, well, there's probably a lot of older people here that could maybe have more words of wisdom, but I trust we can all, we're all striving to draw closer to the Lord and we can all um, encourage each other. So me and my wife are from Michigan, um, just a little introduction, and Michael is my brother-in-law, so... My wife would be Paul Hirschberger's daughter. Some of you may know him. Um, and we're blessed to be here this morning. Could we open with a word of prayer before we get started? Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for this day that we have to worship you, Lord. Thank you for brothers and sisters, Lord, to gather with. Thank you for this congregation here. I just pray that you'd bless them, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you would give me the words to share this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would help us all to be edified and built up. I just commit this opening to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a little confession. Um, I did recently share a devotional at home, so this is some of the same thing. Um, So it's not like I just cooked up something new necessarily. Um, I did bring something for an example here this morning. So recently, um, well, maybe I should maybe I should ask you. Why do you think I? What what are these things? Anybody have medicine, medicine or a remedy? Right. Um, recently, I was sick, as I'm sure maybe many of you probably had a lot of sickness this winter as well. And it seems like there's just been a lot of that going around. And so, I was taking lots of things, and. Um, it was a remedy, right? And there's many remedies maybe for a cold, right? There's multiple things. This morning I'd like to talk about maybe one remedy. Um, there's more, m- many remedies that we could have for this particular thing. The remedy I'd like to talk about is one remedy for discouragement. Now, I'm sure you guys probably never get discouraged in Iowa, but in Michigan, we can sometimes get discouraged. Um, actually, I'm sure all of you probably have gotten discouraged. And that's maybe some of where this has come from. The remedy that I'd like to talk about this morning is meditating on Jesus when we get discouraged. What causes our focus to not be on Christ? What causes us to get discouraged? Some things I thought of were we can get busy with work and we neglect to um, spend the time in the word that we should and... It causes our relationship with the Lord to go down. 
um, and we can get discouraged more easily. Maybe our work can be discouraging. Maybe you know there's problems at work, or there's coworkers that aren't um, cooperating. Maybe it seems like we can get discouraged. People fail us. People let us down. People can. People, other people can discourage us. Financially, it can be hard to make ends meet. Maybe, and it can be. We can get discouraged. Sometimes there's church problems. I know our church has had its struggles, and I'm sure you have as well. And sometimes it can be discouraging when it seems like we don't know what the way forward is. Sometimes we get discouraged with the way the ministry is handling things. Or a certain brother is rubbing us the wrong way, and it can just kind of eat at us. So discouragement can come from lots of different things. I'd like to turn to Numbers 21, if you want to turn there with me and read a couple verses. Numbers 21, 4 through 9. Numbers chapter 21. This is the account of the bronze serpent that that Moses lifted up. It says, From Mount Hor they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way, or they got discouraged. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. I believe this is a picture of of Jesus being lifted up um, in, in the Old Testament. But I was thinking about this in the light of Jesus being lifted up. And when they looked at the serpent that was lifted up, how it took away that, what I'm going to call discouragement this morning. I think we can apply it to this. And I think that's a good remedy that we can have. Look to Jesus. A question, is discouragement sin? Anybody want to make a a comment? No. no. Is staying in discouragement sin? Yes. I think that's I think that's the way it is, and I don't think it, I don't think it is discouraged or being discouraged is not sin in itself. But I think if we choose to stay there, that is when it becomes sin. So I think that's why it's important that we don't stay there. What happens when we look at our problems and how big they are? They become bigger, right? If we just focus on our problems. But when we focus on, when we look at what Jesus did for us, our problems can become smaller because we see what, what he's done for us. Where is our focus? Too often it's on our problem, not on Jesus. Jesus. 
So this morning I would just, maybe for a, uh, a basic lesson in this, I'd like to turn to Isaiah 26. And, or, yeah, actually no, sorry, that's a little later on. Yeah, let's turn to Isaiah 26, verses 3 to 4. This is another, another verse that, very familiar verses um, that help to kind of point this same thing out. Isaiah 26, 3 to 4 says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. Just kind of maybe says the same thing again. God keeps those in perfect peace if they're looking to him, if they're trusting in him, if they're meditating on him. Turn over now to Isaiah 53, and I would just like to read this, and I'm not going to make a lot of comments, it's just, it's one of those passages maybe we can go to when we are discouraged and we, we feel a need to, to meditate on what Jesus did for us. Isaiah 53, we're going to read the whole chapter, it says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. I'd like to reread that verse and put my in there. It says, but he was pierced for my transgressions. He was crushed for my iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought me peace, and with his wounds I am healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. That passage for me helps me to 
realize what he did for me, what that he was he was broken. Sometimes we can go through life and if in the busyness of life we forget what Jesus actually did for us. Sometimes I think maybe God allows problems to come into our life to help us look to him. I don't think just because we have problems means that we're not looking to him. But I think sometimes he allows those things to help us to focus on him again. So I guess I'd just like to leave that with you. If we can choose, if we can have this remedy in our, in our toolbox, so to speak, there's many more remedies for discouragement. But if we can have this tool in our toolbox that next time we get discouraged, we're going to choose to meditate on Jesus. What has he done for me? And it can help us to overcome that discouragement. So God bless you all.